Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, and welcome back to the After Show for Fosse Verdon here on After Buzz TV. This week, we get a deep dive into Gwen Verdon's dark past. We also get to see her life post-breakup from Fosse and her roles with both her children. We're going to talk all about it right now. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome, bienvenue, and welcome to the AfterBuzz TV After Show for Fosse Verdon here on AfterBuzz TV. I am your host, Brianna Phipps, and I am joined by the wonderful and amazing Kim Davey here. She is a dance expert as well as a Chicago-loving fan. <laughs> Darling, I just want to watch you all night now. Oh, I feel you. like I'm getting my own show in here. It's awesome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Good to be back. Yes, it's Round been three. A, it's Yeah, round three. It was quite the episode. We're going to be talking all about... This is a very Gwen-centrified episode, so we're going to talk all about her life now, where she is during her breakup, and this play that she's going to be auditioning for. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to talk about the flashbacks we got to see of her at 17 and her life, how it was then, and kind of what led to her becoming a star. Mm -hmm. We're also going to talk about both her children. That's right. She has two. And we have some news and gossip for you guys. We have some... Fosse Facts, which is our special segment where we're going to deep dive into what was realistic about the episode and what maybe got a little slightly varied from the real story. And we also have our prediction segment where we're going to maybe talk about what we think we're going to see coming up, which this week we have, I think, a lot because I didn't know about this whole life before Broadway from her. So I know. It's kind of a little bit scary, wasn't it, really? Yeah. It's a little scary. What was your overall thoughts on this episode as a whole, being that we didn't have a whole lot of Fosse in this one? It was more about Gwen. Yeah, thank goodness, I say. <laughs> to be honest, I'm sick of him. Um, I really love Gwen, and I was actually thinking, Bree's going to love this because you were wanting for her to have her time in the sun, and she really, really has. So it's great now. I think so many things are falling into place. We're getting a lot more background, um, and so it's much easier to watch it seems to make a lot more sense more in chronological order yeah so i really cool. liked this one because i've said i think before in the past like i fossey is just more of a household name nowadays so mm-hmm. you hear the name fossey even if you don't really know who he is you know that name and you know that he has something to do maybe with dance at least mm-hmm. uh whereas gwen i think is one of those old broadway people that nowadays doesn't get talked about mm-hmm. Um, you know, super well known back in the past. Yeah, but kind like of, it's like Mary Martin. Yeah. Like you say her name. Mm-hmm. Like I know Mary Martin. Um, other people may, and maybe she's a little more well known because mm-hmm. of uh, in the '80s they filmed Peter Pan with her playing Peter Pan. Uh, well, they think they filmed it back in like the '60s, but they played it in the '80s mm-hmm. on NBC. So she maybe she got a little bit more recognition and known from that. But it's just you know we've lost kind of that. We're on to the new next Broadway mm-hmm. stars like we know the Bette Midlers and the. Um, Kirsten, uh, Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel, thank you. I was about to say Kristen. Oh, Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chen- I was about yeah. to say Kristen Bell, who also, she was off Broadway, but she, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it was nice to kind of dive into her world and to kind of see where she came from. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And shockingly as well. Yes. Which we'll get to. Yes, we will get to <laughs> into all of the 
really rather sad mm. facts of the matter. Yeah. Um, let's start off with that opening scene because it was so powerful. So the opening scene is Fosse coming back from the breakup, mm-hmm. pretty happy. Mm. And he strolls into this editing room, like on top of the world with uh, the opening song from Cabaret playing and does looks at the uh, edit that they do, hates it, mm-hmm. and then walks back out. And it's just like the entire world is sliding, world is sliding. falling apart. Yeah, that was so random because it completely reminded me of, um, what's it called, actually Breaking Bad, you know, that time when they go and get that magnet and stick it against the wall and everything's like flying. Um, Yes, it was was very theatrical sequence. I really enjoyed it. I just love for a start just the popping colors of the girls' dresses from a theatrical standpoint and the costumes. That was very cool. Um, Set aside compared to the juxtaposition of like actual cabaret type costumes. So it was just an interesting take you know i know there were supposed to be secretaries or whatever so yeah i mean it was it was a very powerful scene because at first you're just like what's happening what well what is happening but also (laughs) what's wrong with this man yeah (laughs) like why is he so happy like the one of the worst things in the world just happened maybe he didn't believe it was gonna stick who knows but it's just that whole thing of over and over they keep like saying like that he's just such a perfectionist such a workaholic has such this like specific vision of what he wants and when he saw what they did and it wasn't what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that he said, what are they? I feel like I'm being burgled and someone's pooped on oh, my he, bed. Yeah. He said, it, he said it felt like I just came home and all of my furniture had been yeah. turned over. Like, like basically he's saying, it feels like I've been invaded and I, it, it's like that unsettling feeling. Like I, I've had my car broken into before and it's just that unsettling feeling that someone's been, inside your personal space i I get that so i I guess that's only fair considering you spent that many hours probably you know shooting it and then someone's done a rough cut of four hours Mm -hmm. whatever it was well i think yeah he's the director he's looking at like why would you even do anything without me yeah so i I need to be a part of all of this and that part was fair but the fact that he like you say he was super happy after what had just happened he's just so selfish and Mm self-absorbed He really, is. which unfortunately gets um, portrayed a lot with creative people as we talked about last say that. week. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so he it's 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 very much like he walks out of that room and all of a sudden, now that he doesn't have this anymore, his whole life is That's torn apart. Torn Not losing Gwen, but this. Yeah, so selfish. Yeah, totally. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, what a what a character that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing that we see after that is that he needs Gwen again yeah you know so he goes right to her apartment or I guess their house their apartment whatever it mm-hmm. was without being invited he doesn't live there anymore and he's like brings Chinese food even though she yeah we're just cooking all that me oh that, I was so mad yeah and he gets drunk and he basically is like I and he lets her know I took the play Pippin mm-hmm. and I need your help choreographing this dance because mm-hmm. I, I can't figure it out which is the ongoing theme he needs her to help him edit he needs her to help him dance he mm-hmm. can't his brain doesn't function apparently without her help. Mm. Isn't that amazing? It's it, it, that saying about behind every um, successful man is a more, even more successful woman, or, or more brilliant woman. Yeah, more brilliant woman. It's like she just holds everything together for him, and without her, he probably wouldn't have been half the you know sensation that he still is today. True, it's crazy. Uh, but the thing is, she keeps doing it for him as well, and it kind of fulfills her as well as yeah. we see later they, on. They, they both, they both are. Whether or not it's the healthiest relationship, they both have they need each other a need way. for each other. Yeah. Um, so in a way, you could say that they're soulmates. 
Mm. Yeah, and there's soulmates. They're creative I, mates. That, that's <laughs> well, but you can have a creative soulmate. I think like there's you know a romantic soulmate and there's a creative soulmate. And I think yeah, they're each okay, other's yeah. creative soulmates. Yes, yeah, I agree with that one. Cool. Um, but yeah, so he's putting. So we find out he's doing Pippin. So he's editing Cabaret and he's putting on Pippin, which. I was just baffled by the fact because like Pippin is such like a well-known musical now um, and has had been Pippin. redone and everything. And to hear him being like, it's such a terrible show, but I'll make it better. Yeah. Well, maybe was it like, was back maybe in the day. Maybe it was. Though. Like, I don't know. Because can you imagine seeing Pippin? I mean, because it's a v- very visual and uh, yeah, you absolutely need the choreography and the creative mm. side. Otherwise, it would be incredibly boring. So it's the acrobatics. Yeah, it's, and- it's just crazy to like look at such a successful show and to hear someone say it was terrible, which I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, but it was such a hit. But I was like, but I guess we will never know if it wasn't going to be a hit yeah, without him. Maybe exactly. it wouldn't have been, but maybe it would have. Who knows? Yeah. But I- he also, I just like don't know if I trust him because of his egotistical nature. Well, that's true. I mean, that's a good point. However, I have a feeling because he was so good at what he did that he did make it what it was. So it's very true. Yeah. But she lets him know, I can't help you with this because I'm in a play. Yes, a play, a straight play at that. And then my favorite line of the whole episode was when he's like, well, you can't really act, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I just acted for a whole half an hour when you first arrived. Yeah, when he like makes that like comment about like, when was even the last time you acted? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, about an hour ago, darling, when you walked in the door. Oh, you do do so well there, Brie, darling. Thank you. (laughs) Um, That line was amazing. And I also, though, I was, it wasn't that it was an amazing line for to be said necessarily but it was it just create i loved does it well no that line i loved for the way she, it was and the way she delivered it because she's she just plays this role so well mm-hmm. i mean they both do it's but. the way she places her mouth as well that she's mm-hmm. obviously studied gwen very deeply but just the way she moves her teeth <laughs> it's incredible but the fact that he couldn't be happy for her in that moment for her oh. going back to the stage and um doing this that he had to keep questioning it like Mm. oh but when was the last time you acted when was uh this is a straight play this isn't a musical you can't just sing and dance around you have to actually pull from emotion and everything it's Mm. like he just belittles her so much in that scene interesting i wonder i wonder if there's any part of him that was just a little bit concerned for her to embarrass herself or anything like. well i think I mean, maybe, but I think it was more so that he didn't want her moving on to something that didn't involve him. He still wanted that kind that's of it. control over her and wanted to keep her, you know, that's why he's like, well, I could, maybe you could be in Pippin. Like he wants mm-hmm. her to be around him all the time. He wants her to be available to him all the time and mm-hmm. being successful on her own without him means that, that she is successful on her own without him and can go on without him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Totally. I think it's more of an insecurity of his. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll give him maybe it was like 10 percent. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. <laughs> and 90 percent. I need you with me 24 seven. Yeah, I go. agree <laughs> with that. But um, yeah, so she's joining this play. But then we find out very shortly after that it's she hasn't gotten the role that she needs to audition. But she loves to audition. She loves you to see? audition. <laughs> it's such a humbling moment because this is where we start kind of like going in between her life um, back when she was 17 to now Mm. and we see her at 17 just being very vibrant and dancing at parties and her mom and dad showing her off kind of in ways and Mm -hmm. then we see her now and like after having all that success and like having to almost start again which Mm. i think is a very common theme especially with actresses because if you ever do take a break to be a mom Mm. you do have to come back and 
you know, people do know her as Gwen Burden, the musical person and the dancer. They don't know her as like, can you do this straight acting? Mm-hmm. Like any woman in any career path, isn't it? Just the whole idea of women having to take time off and, you know, giving up what they love for children. Not that it has to happen these days anymore. But, yeah, so she obviously hung up her shoes for the first child and then now she's having complete career change. But, I mean, what is the main reason? Was she not able to get any other musicals at the time? I didn't quite get that. Um, I'm not sure. They didn't, like, fully explain to us why she decided to go out for this play, but Mm. I think it was her manager found it, and I think she just wanted to do something. She'd been out of the game, I think, for about six years at that point, Mm. and just being a mom and helping him, Mm. you know. I think she just was willing to take anything at that moment and she you know she just had the breakup i think she wanted to distract herself and so it was just like whatever first comes along something that has nothing to do with him yeah yeah but then she slowly learns that being in a show where he's not the one directing her is a very different experience and she hasn't been used to that for so long it's a broken down yeah um it was tough on her, but I mean, I give her full kudos. I mean, if someone who's that famous and then you have to just sort of not belittle yourself, but actually do something you're not used to doing and in front of others who know you as this great artist in one area, it must be highly embarrassing when she's getting all those notes from the director, et cetera. Right? Yeah. I mean, so, so she does get the role, but her manager does inform her or her agent or whatever, whoever he is at this point, um, that not everybody wanted her. Yeah. It wasn't first It choice. wasn't a unanimous decision to take her Mm -hmm. um she handled it so brilliantly Mm -hmm. like she was so broken about it but still grateful for at least getting the role Mm -hmm. but you could tell like it's it must be so i feel like we saw this in feud with um joan crawford and everything like that being an older actress even like it was Mm -hmm. that same kind of feeling of like I used to be the person that didn't have to audition, that mm. got the role based on my name, that everybody came to see, that um, no one ever questioned. And now here I am barely getting a part in a play mm-hmm. that nobody's heard of. This goes to show how tough this industry really is, isn't it? I mean, you can be an overnight sensation or you can be super popular for a while and then, gosh, you take a break. Or even if you don't, you just, you're just out of the limelight for a while. Yeah, yeah like how quickly things can change and I, yeah. I was so proud of her manager for sticking up for her yeah that's for being like nice no to say. you don't need to audition you're Gwen Verdon like when it yeah. was um what was it uh what's his face I can't think of the playwright right now and I should have written that oh, no, no, oh Tennessee Williams, Tennessee Williams. Mm-hmm. he's like when it was Tennessee Williams I was all on board with you auditioning because that's Tennessee Williams mm-hmm. this is no one's heard of these people mm-hmm. no one's heard of the show like you're not auditioning for this you're Gwen Verdon mm-hmm. and she's like no I love to audition I'll definitely <laughs> I love to audition <laughs> we all saw how the last audition mm-hmm. went we did indeed um but yeah so she's getting so many notes mm-hmm. and no one else seems to be getting notes she's the only one really getting notes and she's taking it like a pro like kind of making jokes here and there mm-hmm. and like being like oh you sure you don't want to talk to these other people i feel like i'm hogging it all and you know it's so embarrassing though yeah. right? that's what i mean like, like everyone knows her as yeah it's thing. like she's trying so hard to put on this like brave face mm-hmm. so i mean it do you feel like the director was being too harsh on her or do you think he was maybe 
doing it because he wanted to knock her down a little bit, like you're not the star. I just wonder whether he was actually one of the ones that didn't have her as first choice and there was a bit of resentment on his part that mm. this woman I've got to work with and she's not very good. So I'm going to shape her into the woman I need her to be. Um, yeah, and then also I suppose to knock her down a few pegs just in case she's thinking that she's better than she is. So, yeah, tough. Yeah. Ugh. Wasn't and, that bad? And in front of her daughter too. I know. Well, then the daughter told Fossey later on that she was getting lots yes. of notes. Yes, that she was getting all the notes. Um, so, yeah, so she, you know, she's she's trying her hardest. She's back in this new era, kind of, but not. And she's being belittled in front of everybody, including her daughter. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get the flashback and we see, you know. Baby crying. We see the baby crying. But it's like, so in the flashbacks, we see her whole life with, um. I wrote his name down. Yes, Hannigan. Jim Hannigan, uh, and th- it starts off as a rape, where oh. he's you know he's like you're a marvelous dancer, and just tells her to lie down. And but he's then... and he's like a family friend. He is mm-hmm. like friends of the parents, which is what blows my mind. And it was it even in their own house. It looked like it, it was. I think yeah, it was her bedroom. What? And she's seventeen at this point. No. So, so then she's pregnant, and her dad is blaming her. So I think, I, I think we see this parallel with, um, and this is a perfect example. Excuse me, but I'm so mad. No, it's a go. perfect example of, um, back in the day when women were too, I mean, even probably now, but more so back in the day when women were too scared to tell their parents that they had been sexually assaulted. Well, I don't think her parents would, at least her dad from what we saw would have even heard that. No. Well, no. If, he, if she said I was, I he wouldn't I, I don't think he would have believed her based on like he was so he was like you're basically a whore. Mm. Like you're ter-. like and then they were like you How know I not see that when it's like he was twice her age, like he was a adult friends with them. What is he doing with their daughter? Like honestly. And it was like I told you before him but like it was a little hard for me cuz that's um yeah. Santino Fontana and I'm a big crazy ex-girlfriend fan and he was in that show. And he's also now he's a rapist. He's also Prince and Cinderella on Broadway. Is, uh, now he's going to be in Tootsie on Broadway. And now I'm like, no, you're, no, stop it, Santino. <laughs> um, but uh, he, I love it. The thing of like, oh, good news, he's agreed to marry you. It's like, does she want to marry him? I cannot believe she did not run away with the circus. Literally, would you ever marry? Someone that did that to you? I would not, but I mean, I do know that it, I do understand that it was a different time in that, like, oh, a, a woman, a pregnant woman by herself or a woman with a child without a husband was looked very much down upon. So I, I get the the thought process of why back then she would have gone along with it, but uh, I definitely would not I, have. I can't even get my brain to actually go back and actually visualize allowing that to happen regardless. I think I would have run away. I seriously think I would have run away. But she has the baby and then we see, you know, he's an alcoholic. He's not helping her out. He's, you know, drunken and sleeping all the time and yeah, and abusive and abusive and and, awful. and she goes and she, you know, that's how she that goes to the club because she's writing his, his articles for him from. because he's too drunk and not doing his job mm-hmm. another time she saves the day another time she saves the day mm-hmm. for a man mm-hmm. um and that's how she gets her audition to be with this mm. uh everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. huh? and so then she you know she gets her break her big break basically yeah to go off and uh to go and leaves her show. son with her parents too which is interesting yeah um but but the parallels between him and Fosse, you know, besides the fact that Fosse at least had the creative genius part behind it, mm. it's, we're very similar, you know, both thinking of Fosse's addicted to drugs and mm. 
you know, his addiction is work and women, but this guy's addiction is alcoholism and neither of them take care of her. Neither of them are, um, so, like they support her in ways, but they're not like the most loving, caring of people with mm-hmm. her. And and they both and require both... her to do their work for him for them. Exactly. Yeah. So I think seeing that marriage, it it makes more sense why she put up with him. Mm. Because at least with him, there it was, it was better than that. Yeah, he kind of loved her in his own quirky way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, she definitely had a rough past. That's definitely not so a past sad. that, you know, one can just and move on from easily. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is that very few people ever knew. If you looked at any of the information on Gwen Verdon, very, you wouldn't usually find that background. And I believe it was no. just to do with her daughter being a being the, producer. Yeah, and, like letting the truth be known. Yeah, like way. putting the pieces My together. My mom could never her. say this, but I'm going to say it for her. Yeah. Maybe. Like seeing things in her own childhood and not understanding what it meant at the time and then putting the pieces together as she gets older. Like, oh my gosh, this meant that and that's why that happened. And thank you, Jazz. In the chat, Jazz is letting it tell this. Jack Cole was the name of the of the man that she auditioned for that she went yes. on to. Jack Cole with. Dancers. Jack Cole Dancers. Um, uh, also, we then kind of understand what the rape scene, because that parallels with she leaves her daughter with Fosse, who, okay, mm. I just want to get your thoughts because of how angry you get with him. <laughs> I'm just, this made me so <laughs> mad. So I want to get your thoughts on that when she left him, her daughter saying, I need to go meet with my manager. Uh-huh. Uh, can you watch her for a bit? And he's like, I'm not a babysitter. Mm. <laughs> what, what was what was going through your mind then at that moment? Well, I- Oh, it didn't surprise me, to be honest. Like, that's just typical him, isn't it? But, I mean, hello, he's your daughter, you idiot. Like, you I, could babysit her once in a while. I sure wanted her to be like, no, you're not. You're her father. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You're not babysitting. This is, like, what this is what you do when you're a parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you but watch your child. He's like, what? But, uh, but, you know, and he fails at that, too, because he just has to watch her for a few hours, and he can't even do that. He has to go run off and be with a woman um, and leaves her dog. with Patty, his friend, yep. which, you know, then she walks in on, and that triggers, you know, she remembers mm. being le- in her, in a bedroom alone with a man. Yeah. And what it wound up being for her, mm. and she sees her daughter in this situation where, yes, it's a family friend, but so was he. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point because I actually was siding a little bit with Fossey on that one, thinking if it is a – yeah, this is where I'm wrong. If it is a family friend, we know him so well. It's going to be fine. You know, he is just like a father figure. I think it's like one of those things like, yes, it's a family friend, but it is also an adult man and a young woman. Yeah. And, and like she said, on a bed. Like, hello. And on a bed together. It's not like in a public eye. Because mm. um, you never know, do you? Because like, I do I do agree that you should be able to let your family friends babysit. But also the mother should be in the know. It shouldn't be like a, mm. I did this and she didn't wasn't okay with it. Because both parties do have to be okay with it. Mm. And whether or not, it, and with him, you know, it obviously was fine. He wasn't trying to do anything with Nicole. But I think just for her, that was very triggering because of her own experiences. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yes, if I had had that background, oh, my gosh, I would be beside myself, I think. Um, Josh said, yes, the writer of the episodes of the Nicole uh, filled in a lot for her. Mm. So Mm. I'm glad that she's on this, that she's willing to, like, help tell the story. Yeah, I mean, I bet they learn so much more than they've ever realized was there with having the child. And I mean, hello, she's been subject to so many conversations well, plus, like, over the years plus like then any anything we see from either party um that's not necessarily a positive thing it's like 
the daughter okayed it. Mm. So we're it makes well, me feel like I'm getting so. the real story. Yeah. You know. That would be just super hard. Imagine if it was on your parents. Imagine if these were your parents. And like, how much of the world do you want the world to know? Like, of your deep, dark secrets yeah. and the realities. I suppose when you're that famous, you don't really have a choice. Most people know a lot of it anyway. But I don't know how comfortable I would be if I was giving away, you know, about my mother's rape or something like that. Oh, God, that would hurt. I think it's easier now that both her parents aren't alive. Or is it harder because you feel like you're betraying their memory? Like, you've got to pass because they're never going to obviously say anything to you. But I think like... I think, yeah, I think it's easier in some mm. regards and harder. It's easier, obviously, because they don't have to be alive to deal with the repercussions yeah. of it, I guess. Like, you know, she doesn't have to worry about her mom going and being interviewed about of it. Of course. And, um, but she also but still, gets... then it's all on her. Like, I released that it, information. It, just, it really seems like she wants people to know and understand her mother better. And she wants mm. to really show who she was. I think that this is very much more a show about Gwen than it is about mm, Fosse. Which is interesting, isn't it? We didn't. I didn't expect that. But I think it's, you know, a lot of people already know Fosse. And we had all that jazz. We, we already know mm. that he wasn't the best person. And he didn't portray himself as the best person. He didn't think of himself as the best person. <laughs> um, and we have had all these stories from him. I feel like she just isn't as well known and people don't really know her. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the first kind of chance we've gotten to know her. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, they, I think she wants people to know, like, my mom just wasn't another floozy that he had. She mm-hmm. was the love of his life. She was his muse. She was the reason he was who he was. And she was a strong ass woman. Mm. I suppose you have to reveal all those, you know, vulnerable yeah. type of bits and pieces just so that give it the content definitely not easy i don't know if i can do that like i don't you know i've told stories about my mom with friends but like releasing to the world i would definitely want at least her okay so i get what you're saying from that because i would want her to be like you can tell this story yeah yeah absolutely well i suppose we've never had famous parents so we can't really relate in that way can we yeah or have you got a famous parent that i don't know not that I'm aware of. <laughs> oh, gosh. Unless there's another deep, out. dark secret that, uh, in, in my family's house. But, um, but we all then see the very end of the show is her going on stage for the Can Can Coppola. Can 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 Coppola. And getting a standing ovation. She needs to come back down. They won't stop calling her name. They won't stop clapping for her. So she comes down in a towel and a corset to take her and that's like that's kind of like breaking into broadway it's also i feel like her first experience of like love in a way oh well because when she shuts her eyes and she just takes it all in it was so nice when she's smiling she's like oh this is what it feels like it's like it feels like her whole life was people like putting her down and now this is like people praising her well exactly so she'd left at home her crying son with her parents and then escaped to go and do this so it was worth it it gives her at least the the feel that you know i actually did it for something which is awesome and like again we see that not only did bob have this distorted past that made him be a great choreographer and a great director but then she's had this distorted past that has made her become a great actress and dancer yeah yeah again with the artists having tormented past oh yeah always that's how they're so creative so creative speaking of creative though so hey guys um just before we move on to our final bits and pieces for the show uh we just wanted to say thank you so much for making us the espn of tv talk and for us to continue to grow we could use your help though uh if you're on youtube right now if you can hit the thumbs up button and subscribe and if you're on itunes please give us a five star rating um but no matter uh, where you are if you could leave us a comment so that we can get so you 
you can get involved in the conversation. That'd be awesome. Um, being a part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us, and we truly appreciate you guys supporting us and doing what we love. Uh, so don't forget to tell all your friends and keep enjoying all of our shows. Yes. Like, we're enjoying this one. Yes, thank you guys so much. We enjoy having you. We love having you in the chat. Jazz is always here filling us You're in on like the bits jazz. and pieces we didn't get to know so we'd love having you as our additional host for this it's very show. helpful and if you're not watching it live that's fine as well we have the comments down below like kim said where you can leave or our itunes which i did make a promise last week and i'll make it every week that if you leave us a five-star rating on itunes that we will call out your comment on the show at the end of the show so make sure you guys do that <laughs> um but yeah so that's kind of how the sh- the episode ended and uh we get that paralleled with, you know, this new play and it, the new play doesn't seem to be children, 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 children. I was really upset uh, how, you know, when she's literally channeling her, you know, son and all the horrible past that happened with that into her monologue. And still the director's like, meh, I want you to include all these children and I want you to do this. So even after she went to the deepest, darkest parts, he didn't like it. Yeah. And or he liked it, but he Wasn't still enough. had critiques yeah. and notes like oh you did the acting well but i need you to still be including all the children i need you to walk over there sooner yeah okay. i wonder what his deal is like can't even be like good job um that was a lot better not nothing <laughs> hard huh. taskmaster um and oh jazz said though even at that point and after that she is still haunted by her son crying i know she throughout left. Everything, even in the clapping when she's I feel like doing I heard a Broadway. crying baby for like an hour or two after watching the episode. Oh, really? <laughs> I was just singing the songs. I was just like... Oh. Skype call. Skype call. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I feel like that was just haunting for us too with this like constant baby crying for me it's like uh, the crying is like the crying of herself with the rape and stuff. And then obviously leaving behind... Her child that she and, obviously loved. You know, and obviously parents. some guilt. Yeah, of course. That remains course. because I don't think that unless you're just an uncaring or unloving person in general, you can't do that without having some guilt. Mm. Well, you know how you were saying before about like when Fossey was talking to her about the monologue about the angel boy and said change it to a female because you can't relate to boys. Oh, and she was, she yeah, she was so mad. But the the... the does, so does he know or does he not know? Surely he knows. It makes it seem like son. he doesn't know. And what happened or, to his son? Who, who? Or he knows and that's a dig at the fact that she didn't raise her son. Ooh, asshole. Because that makes more sense with her response. Because if he didn't know, her response doesn't seem as I understandable. But So I guess he must have known, right? But yeah, And then I want to they know where the child say. is. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait for predictions to see yes. if we think that so we will get that in any more episodes because we have what five more five yeah five more episodes um yeah i don't know it it definitely made it seem to me like he knew yeah i think it was now that i think about it more because of her response yeah i agree yeah totally otherwise it doesn't make sense Um, at all but that part we did skip over a little bit about her finally helping out the editing i mean there's not much to talk Mm -hmm. about there it's just more so that She's finally there, and then he's finally can edit. Mm. Like he, like he says, what um, he he finally like puts two and together of okay, we need this shot. She goes, "What did you have the shot from the ground?" He's the, like, "Oh yeah, where's yeah. that at? Can we get that?" Da-da. Maybe it's not such a bad film. Like, 
Yeah. Hey, just needs, it's just like anything, I suppose. You need two brains, two to tango, teamwork, dream work, all that kind of stuff. So it it's just, just like crazy, like the par- the difference of like this is terrible, this is unwatchable. To like maybe it's a good film. Yeah, he's she's totally his crutch, right? Mm-hmm. His pillar of strength. Um, I also found it really interesting that the fact she turned up, obviously she'd had a tough day with all the critiques and the notes, etc. And she needs, you know, him as much as he, she needs her. He needs well, her. she needs him for critique, and I think she wants to go somewhere where she's going to be praised and valued. Than. Yes, absolutely. Um, so with that being said, let's get into our special segment, which is our Fosse Fun Facts. Yes. This is our segment where we're going to talk about the differences of what happened in the show and what happened in reality and what they got right and what maybe got changed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you can find this every week. There is an article on Slate.com that parallels it if you want to go read the full article. And it's called What's Fact and What's Fiction in Fosse Verdon Episode 3. Uh, so what, what reading through it, what I read was that she did they talked about in the show that she had you know some leg issues and that she wore Mm -hmm. orthopedic shoes so she did have orthopedic boots due to the fact that she had rickets which she had as a baby it said and that Mm -hmm. um she was also cross-eyed and very skinny um so she developed her personality um and this bright vibrant person to like make up for it and to Mm -hmm. like kind of overcome what they called an ugly duckling syndrome Mm -hmm. um and that the turned leg that fossey became like a fossey staple was because of you know her having these leg oh, issues wow. growing up and uh it became his character's stamps to hide her deformity hmm. um so that was kind of cool and then also it talked about the relationship between her and jim hannigan and that he was not a theater critic like he said but in the show but he was for the hollywood reporter a kind of like a gossip columnist mm-hmm. uh that she did go on to help write for him uh, because of his alcoholism and not being able to mm. show up for work um it says that the rape is unknown if that's true or not Mm. um there's no record of it but that we do know that she was 17 when they met that he uh then married age (laughs) this is in a 42 1942 and that he then did elope with her um that she gave up her dancing career at that point and that in 1943 they had their son so timeline wise it maybe seems like the storyline is true, but we just don't have verified fact that it is. Mm, okay, that makes a big difference if it's not a rape and it maybe she was quite excited. <laughs> she was like, lie down. I mean, she was Again, like, I yes. feel like this has to be from the daughter. Otherwise, yeah, totally. Otherwise, that's a really giant dram- dramatization to have for a show to be like, mm. to make the accusation of someone. So I feel like that maybe that was a secret that, that she told her daughter and her daughter mm. was like, I need to tell this truth. Mm. I don't know. I'll never know. Wow. Well, we Unless the daughter comes out and says. Yeah, absolutely. But she might. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, oh, also it said that his Hollywood, his column in the Hollywood Reporter still exists. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's not obviously writing it yeah, anymore, yeah. but the column still exists. It didn't oh. say what the column was, though. Yeah. Uh so it says that he was so drunk and gave, and she did give up dancing to be a housewife because that's what she thought she was supposed to do. She said I was supposed to do the washing. Yes, the laundry. Uh, and that by 1944, she had had enough. She took her son, her dog, her cats, and she left him. Good. Um, she was asked 
to she asked if she got back in shape if she could audition mm. for him that's what she did ask when she went backstage mm-hmm. and that he said yes she mm-hmm. auditioned she became his assistant and then later became the leading lady in his mm. show. And I said when when she was his assistant, she was working with the likes of Jane Russell and Marilyn Monroe, teaching yeah. them on how to be it sexy said that she on did, stage. Um, on help with the choreography and stuff for the Diamonds Are Girls Best Friend yeah, dance. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. You have her to thank for that. Mm-hmm. And it it said that the ending where she got the standing ovation in the show that in the uh, in the show that we saw <laughs> that her number was a competitive of Apache number where she was supposed to stab her partner in the knife with a knife in the chest but when she picked up the knife the handle came off um, and so she improvised and she grabbed him and kissed him on stage instead ah. and because of that and because of how well she danced that got her the standing ovation which made her come back down but she didn't come back down in a towel she <laughs> came back down in a rather unsexy bathrobe <laughs> because towel's just a bit weird towel is just a bit weird um, and then the last part was that it said that she was cast in the play Children, Children as a babysitter who's tormented by these children that she's babysitting. Uh, it ran for one performance and got terrible reviews. And that's that's the straight play we're talking about. Had one performance. Oh, so she really was bad. It, I believe have. it when it said it, it's, it. I think it was just the show was bad. Oh, because it said that she was. Um, I, like I, 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 in a second. Let me actually look it up really fast. I still have the article open because I didn't write that part down. But it said that Verdon had gotten about as trapped as her character. So I don't know if it was like necessarily that she did such a terrible job, or if it was more so that the, the entire show was just not good. Well, it did seem a bit odd when they're talking about angels and boys and yeah, maybe was... maybe not the smartest career decision role yeah. for her to go for. Oh. She just needed something different, didn't she? Hmm. Cool. Well, that's good to know. Yes. Good stuff. So thank you for our podcast. If you guys have anything that you know of, you can feel free to put in the comments below if you see anything else that comes out about the show that is maybe real or authenticated. <laughs> um, let's now get into our news and gossip section, which Kim has some really juicy stuff for us. Too high. Wow. Um, So, okay, so just a couple of things was firstly, I just found this as a fun fact um, that Michelle Williams, this is her first TV series since Dawson's Creek. Wow. That was was when I was at high school. Late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, late 90s. Yeah, early 2000s. Dawson's Creek. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. I actually didn't like her in that in that <laughs> show. but She's come a long way. She's she's the only one that stuck around for all that time, that's for sure. So um, amazing. The other thing was that her mum, I didn't know this, um, Gwen's mum was a dance teacher. And she taught Gwen how to dance. And it was her mother that would get her as many gigs as possible as she was younger and even got her into one of the burlesque houses, the Florentine Gardens, when she was underage, lying about her age, pretending she was 16 when she wasn't. So this is interesting, too. If she was raped by Mr. Hannigan, her mother's already pushing her into things that are not age appropriate. I just think she's been around that environment, you know, and just that area. Um, Anyway, so... So she did the burlesques clubs, um, and then, yeah, when she had her breakout, she put things away for the husband, and then later on she went back to it, obviously. Um, the other thing was, is you were showing me earlier, so Lin-Manuel on Twitter, everybody, if you haven't checked him out recently, he's got some really cool... Um, 
he brings together some of the cast members of different Broadway shows into his house and he's there playing the piano and they're all drinking and singing musicals. And they're actually, everyone that he brings in, I believe, is involved in, in Fosse Verdon. In well. some of the Fosse Verdon plays and musicals. So um, have a look at that because it's really cool. There's nothing better than thespians who can sing, who just get together and do everything off the cuff. It's so fun. So have a look at that. Um, what else have we got? I think that's pretty much it in a nutshell for today. Oh, the ratings as well, which was interesting. So the first and second episode ratings are obviously out, and that's easy to, to just have a look at now. But so the first ever premiere, there was only 614,000 viewers, and obviously within three days later with all the um, DVR stuff, it was 1.2 million that it went up to. But then the second episode only got 425, and three days later only 850,000. So it's dropping wonder what, like, we've had our suspicions of why that could potentially be. I know that we said that the second episode was definitely yeah a lot easier to follow, for sure, than the first episode. Um, I it, think, yeah, the first one probably put a lot of people off because it was too creative. For those people that just wanted to tune in and get the story. Well, and it threw us in the middle of a story rather than the first episode gave us the beginning and the end of yeah, a story, which yeah. um, makes more sense to most people's minds mm-hmm. as a beginning. The first episode makes more sense if you're looking at it as how Fosse was, because mm-hmm. he was not traditional in the mm-hmm. way that he put things together. I mean, it's creatively genius, but I just think, I wonder if it just didn't capture enough attention. Well, I just wonder, you know, musicals and everything, We there's a large volume for musicals, but there's also a lot of people that just don't like musicals. Um, I, they, I growing they up, does not deserve to exist on this planet. What are you saying, Brie? There's people well, that do not like musicals. Growing up, I, I just remember, because I loved musicals and like, there were so many, like, I just listen to Broadway. That's what I Same. do. Come home like, from in school, my car, dress everything. Up. Grace, like, I yeah, remember. Yeah. Chicago, everything. Cabaret, even. Like, yeah. it was funny because the scene that he shows, where he shows his daughter, the DD two ladies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like, do you want to maybe do a different scene? And he's like, why? Yeah. But I watched that movie so much as a kid and i yeah. sang that song and i probably shouldn't have sang yeah. that song in public but i did yeah. uh but that was who i was growing up but i had so many friends that just didn't like musicals well, and they didn't want to listen to okay so same and at uni that was the first year for me that chicago the movie came out with Catherine zeta jones etc and i converted all my dorm mates so that every friday night when we're out going drinking etc i would put chicago on everyone would end up in my room would just be singing oh yes oh yes oh yes about oh yes about oh my god it was awesome so there is a way to convert it usually includes alcohol <laughs> Or just even getting people to go see it. Because a lot of times people listen to a show and they can't get on board. But if they go see the show... I was like that with Rent. It's like that... It hits you in a different way. A live production is just... There's nothing like it. So good. So good. Except when you take your friend the first time to a musical and see Spam a lot. And they're like, what is this? Oh, but it's such a good show. Oh, I didn't like that. Oh my gosh, no. But I grew up with Monty Python, so that's also partly that. Um, But back to Fosse Bird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jazz in the chat also said that uh, there was an article in Bustle.com about the son. And said he bounced around from his grandparents' boarding school in Gwen's apartment. Okay. Um, and apparently Fosse did know Jim and her son has said that Fosse had his demons but was a funny guy. Hmm. So he did know about the kid. Okay. Um, so, made, so that was a that dig. That makes sense then. Yeah. Um, he Why also, would he say that then? Oh, yeah. Because he didn't raise it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
like it i don't think it's the way he at least the way sam rockwell portrayed that line it wasn't like an intentional dick in his mind he's just saying stating a fact like you didn't raise him but for her it's like yeah well f you man yeah yeah i didn't raise him Hmm. you know just trying to work out whether he actually was doing it as a dick the way sam rockwell said the line didn't seem like a dick but i don't think that i think at least the way that he's portraying Fosse in general I think he's portraying Fosse very much as a person who doesn't necessarily think before he speaks and doesn't Mm. he in his mind he's just like like just like how he left his daughter with his friend he's like he's my friend like what's wrong with that like why are you mad not the biggest thinker like yeah I think he just I think he's just he's so involved in himself he's not thinking about the what he's saying or what he's doing and how it's affecting others yeah you know and we find you know he he just doesn't seem to care that much about how what he does he's just or says so single-minded others. on uh, no expanded awareness at all yeah but let's get into some predictions for next week just really quick one Your word after buzz one TV word? One prediction word. i realized we went over the time so we got a sun <laughs> <laughs> yes that's all i got. agree i just want to get more involved into maybe later in gwen's life and like what one if word she, <laughs> if she wins the sun <laughs> You got one word. I got more. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us here this week for Fosse Verdon. We're going to be back next week and every week for that matter at this time, 9 p.m., talking about the show. We might even try to get some guests on who, if we well, can. Awesome. Um, where can they find you in the meantime, though? In the meantime, everyone can find me at Kim Davy Live on all my social media. And where can they find you, Bray? You guys can find me at bfips 14 on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you all next week. Awesome. See you guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.